I read this article today. Drivers of expensive cars are more likely to be jerks. Which they said, th then they presented some, quote, scientific study to, quote, prove this. And what they found was that... Um, Drivers who drive more expensive cars are less likely to stop for pedestrians in a crosswalk. Drivers of expensive cars are less, less likely to stop for pedestrians in a crosswalk. Now, what's expensive? That, that, I'm suspect of this for numerous right. reasons. One, they didn't say what expensive was. Okay. okay. The way they measured this, they, they, had, uh, they had four different people crossing at four different times, a white woman, a black woman, a white man, a black man. Okay, were they trying to replicate the Abbey Road album? I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, okay. I think like one at a time they okay. took turns. So, um, so what they found was, so the, even in the best of circumstances... Only 31% of people stopped. That was the most, that was the highest percent they had. 31% stopped for women and white people. Okay. Okay. So 31% of all drivers. So you're still only getting one out of three who are, who are doing what they're supposed to be doing anyway, which right. is stopping. So, okay. Like that makes me wonder like the setup of the, of the survey, you know. And what was their definition of in the crosswalk. Right, exactly. Like, I, do, if I, sometimes if I see somebody approaching the crosswalk yeah, and I know I can make it across yeah. before they get to the crosswalk, I'm not going to stop there and wait for you to walk the first, the like, like last 10 feet before you right. get to the crosswalk, you know? So that's suspect. But the, the bigger part of it was the likelihood that they'll slow down, that they'll let somebody cross decreased by 3% for every $1,000 of car value. Okay, so it's it's only thirty one percent to start with, and if mm -hmm. it declines by three percent for every thousand dollars, only driving a car ten thousand dollars more eliminates. There's no chance you're going to stop. Right. So my car, like I drive a Toyota Camry, it's like twenty four thousand dollars or something. Not a luxury car. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's a car. Ten thousand dollars more, even eleven thousand dollars more, at like thirty five thousand dollars. That's still not a luxury car. Right. I mean, yeah. I looked it up and you can get like a minivan for $35,000. You can get those like low-end Mercedes. Right. You can get like a low-end luxury car. But those... But you're, it's not like a $60,000 car right. or something. Right. I think so, like high-end is like what, like 50 and over? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, so it, it's all... And the other thing, like there, there are assholes everywhere. They mm -hmm. drive everything, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and like you, you drive a Volkswagen now. Right. And like, I remember 10 years ago, somebody called into car talk and asked like, isn't it true that people who drive Volkswagens are the rudest drivers? And their answer was, no, it's true that you think people who drive Volkswagens <laughs> are the rudest drivers. So... You think every time you see a rude driver that drives a Volkswagen, you're like, see, there's another one. And right. you're you're ignoring the rude drivers who drive, drive Fords and Toyotas and right. Chevys and all of that stuff. 
So to say that it's like luxury cars, that if you drive an expensive car, you're more of a jerk. Using this information, it just doesn't like. How can you conclude that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a shitty research study. Yeah, it's and they used a survey form, which is weak as shit. So yeah, but in the well, the other thing that they said was that they they thought that people that bought buying a buying a, buying an expensive car correlated to other personality traits of like bullishness, um, aggressiveness, bad temperament, like all of these things that like prove that somebody's a jerk. And then like near down near the end of the article, they said buying an expensive car also correlates to people who are motivated and people who are friendly and people who do what they're supposed to do and pe- like all of this other stuff that like probably means you're a good person right. and you're going to be so like what the so if you drive a luxury car that alone doesn't make you a jerk i don't think, I don't it, think it's so. just so stupid it is if you have if you drive a luxury car with a license plate that says not yours like that bmw i saw in 94 <laughs> then you're a jerk maybe not even a jerk maybe just a asshole i i don't know yeah i don't know i mean you you want your car to get keyed is what you want. Yeah, I don't I don't really know if I know anybody with a quote unquote luxury car. One friend he had once like one of those Audi SUVs, and he's by far from a jerk. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, just saying that reminded me, I took a picture the other day that I wanted to show you. Let me see if I can find it. I don't even want to tell you what it is. Oh, actually, I took another picture here that I'll show you. But I took this picture. I'm sitting at a red light, and I see this license plate. And I'm like, did I really see that right? Is that really what that says? So then I had to take a picture of it. Can you read that license plate? Kill you? Kill you. Whoa. K-I-L-Y-O-U. It's an Indiana license plate, and it says, kill you. (laughs) How do they let that go? (laughs) Why, did they argue like, oh, there's only one L, so it doesn't really mean kill you? Right. And what, there's a... I I forget what the special... Yeah. um, Is uh, that the... The Indiana Seal of Serial Killers? <laughs> I don't know. Or like the, you know, the uh, the Marine, I'm a sniper and I'm always looking for somebody to kill or something. I, I don't, don't know. know. All right. Now here's tonight's picture that I took that I want to see changing subjects. I want to see if you can identify this guy. That booger from <laughs> That's Revenge of the Nerds? I think it is booger. Yeah. In a Domino's Pizza commercial. He's... Need some work. Yeah. I, the the like, last Nerds movie was... <laughs> like 35 years ago or something. Yeah. That's him, though. I, yeah, I yeah. thought so. Okay, good. I thought so. And because I was, I was watching TV with my daughter and that commercial came on and I was just like, hey, is that Booger? Which I'm sure he did other stuff. Did he burp in the movie? <laughs> no, yeah. no. The, it's funny, though, because the the commercial was... It was a Domino's commercial, and the setup for it was this guy was dancing around like Tom Cruise from Risky Business. 
Okay. Like another 80s movie that was filmed around the same time as, mm-hmm. as uh, Revenge of the Nerds. So anyway, glad to see Booger show up on TV commercials. Lambda, lambda, lambda. <laughs> Man, talk about movies that would not hold up very well under scrutiny today. Revenge of the Nerds has to be at near the top of the list. Oh, yeah. Police Academy is on Netflix I saw the other night. I didn't watch All it. but I, The first one. Okay. I just saw the. I, just saw I haven't the first seen one was on the there. first one in ages. I think I watched all the way up to six. Were there that was Steve Gutenberg in all of them? Yeah, I think he might have dropped out of one of them. Yeah, I think there are like seven or eight. If I'm not there mistaken, might be. probably the last couple weren't even like theater releases. Right. They were probably just like straight to video I, or something. <clears throat> like. Back in training was number three, and then Citizens on Citizens Patrol on Patrol was four, I think. Yeah, right. Man, I haven't. I probably haven't seen any of those since like early nineties. I should want. I, I bet they don't hold up well. You know, I wonder if the first three hold up. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm sure they were really pushing it for storylines and right. everything after that. But I don't know. Steve Gutenberg. I mean, he he was in an episode of Party Down that show oh, yeah. I mentioned, but but I hadn't seen him in anything up until that, and I haven't seen him in anything since. He was on an, uh, uh, a season of Dancing with the Stars. Like, oh, oh yeah. I, I have no. Was he, I have no sense of was time he, when that uh, was. But really ripped. I don't think so. I like don't even. Him, I don't even know if I watched it. I might have just known that he was. Like on in there. Party Down, he he was fucking jacked. Oh, was he? Yeah. Huh. Great shape. Maybe he did that after Dancing with the Stars. Maybe Dancing in the Star. Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Started him getting ripped. I don't Maybe know. I don't know. Huh. Um. I was so shocked to find out that because remember Bobcat Goldthwait is in those Police Academy movies, mm-hmm. and I was I I don't know why I was shocked to figure out that wasn't the way he really talked. Because <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't just talk that way in that movie. He talked that way like in other movies too. Yeah, you know, like in. Scrooge, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But that was just a character he was doing, right. which I didn't find out until like probably six or seven years ago when he was on WTF. Does he sound like Shakespeare? <laughs> Not Shakespeare, yeah. but he 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 sounds like Not that guy. anybody he's, knows what Shakespeare right. sounds like. Yeah, well, maybe he does then. Um, <laughs> but he's directed like all of these really interesting out there movies. Really? I haven't seen them, but just hearing him and Mark Maron talk about them, like I want to hunt some of them down <laughs> and like everyone they talked about sounded really good. So I, I don't know. And he directed, um, he was like the main director for some big sitcom for years too. That's how he made his living pretty much. Like maybe everybody loves Raymond or something. He was like... He directed like tons and tons of episodes. Really? Of that. Yeah. He's like he's like a director now. Hey. He's not even working as an actor. Now, like not a big time director, and not like that's what Fred Savage is also. Is he? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. He although he was in that Fred Savage was in that show a couple years ago with. Wait, Fred Savage, the Wonder Years guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Here's something about we're just kind of going all over the place here at the beginning, but here's something about 
that blew my mind about Wonder Years, okay? So, if... That isn't Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul from Wonder Years is not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> let's, uh, let's end that urban legend here. If, okay, so Wonder Years came on in the 80s, right? And yeah, was 87 or something. Right. Eight, eight, yeah, some, or 80 something. And was looking back at like the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if that came on now, it would be the equivalent of looking back at like 2005 yeah. is, what, is what I read. Which is crazy. Like, 2005 does not seem that long ago. I know, like... And, like, the gap between when Wonder Years was on and when it was supposed to have been covering. Wasn't it looking... Wasn't it uh, a um, reminiscence from the 60s, or...? I think so, but maybe the late 60s. Here. It's 20 years. Let me see here. Um, I'm not sure what year it came on, though. Let me look it up. Wonder years. I'm sure all the listeners love hearing me typing into my phone here. Okay, so it came on in 1988. Okay. Um, and it says turbulent shows of turbulent years of late 60s. 1968. Okay, so it's 20 years. So still, like 2000. Right. Like, not that long ago. Hey, I mean, I from here the, to 2000 doesn't seem as long ago. It's like... Right, the, like, the d- differences from, like, say, like, 68 to 88 seem huge. Right. But from 2000 until now, they don't seem that huge. Although, when I watch, quote, unquote, old, old sports... Yeah, I, Highlights from like yeah. 2001, they look like those like little eight millimeter, <laughs> yeah. like Babe Ruth videos. Yeah, yeah, they look crazy. Like this is an, this is not 4K. Right, this <laughs> totally sucks. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how big my TV gets; this picture still mm-hmm. sucks. Um, in 2000. 2001 that was the birth i was thinking about this the other day that was the birth of the news ticker like after 9 11 is the first time that the news ticker on the bottom of the screen showed up really yeah it would because like stations put it on there to like put updated info on there and then it just never went away and that was it well what what about the like tornado watches and but it wasn't permanent right they just had like, to push an on button. <laughs> right, but they <laughs> didn't. But they didn't. And like now, like yeah. any news station, always ESPN has, right. always has yeah. it. Like all these stations like always have it. Right. And like even during games, you know, like mm-hmm. you're watching a baseball game on ESPN, you're seeing a scroll of the scores constantly. Right. So and you just didn't have that before nine eleven. Right. So Yeah. Um speaking of of tornadoes, I didn't have a dream. It's just this recent winter weather forecast had me had me thinking of uh, of this argument that I witnessed between a couple friends. So okay. back um, when you came over Sunday, 
you had uh, mentioned that the forecast said that there's a possibility some areas would have a foot of snow. Right. And on Monday it had shifted. Right. And but to um, Monday it was still saying that most of the snow would be up right north. Yeah. But it went opposite. Right. And I mean, I heard people complaining. Oh no, they don't know anything. Yeah. Okay, you can tell that the wind will shift. Okay, right. I mean, you don't know. Yeah. But I was, uh, it it made me think of uh, of this. I like. Do you have a weather person preference? I by default I go to Tom Skilling. Okay, so, just because he's been doing it so long and. He's he's got the longest forecast. He's got all of these maps. Right. Like <laughs> he just seems more believable. Like Brant Miller on NBC gets up there, and he's up there like thirty five seconds. Like, dude, like yeah, uh, Miller. Brant Miller is in the Jerry Taft of his career. He's right totally cashed out. Yeah. He's just. Drinking when he's not on set, yeah. just hanging out. He's probably watching Tom Skilling's forecast at nine and just repackaging it for right. ten. But the argument that I saw was pro Tom Skilling for those reasons. Okay, because he's up there for like twenty right minutes, getting like excited. Yeah, like, look at the Saskatchewan screamer <laughs> rolling in from Canada. Yeah, right. Um, but my other, how how tight the ISO bars are. Right, 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 right. But then my other friend was anti-scaling passionately because of those because same of, reasons. Yeah. Like he's telling you all this shit he has, this nice forecast, but he's always wrong. Yeah. So it just made me laugh at the like the 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 yeah, it was getting heated. Yeah, I mean, I get that because sometimes I do watch Tom Skilling and he's like putting up all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can you just get to the point? Like, you're just giving us all this like roundabout stuff that like some of it doesn't even mean anything to me, you know? Right. Like, like you say northeasterly winds. I have to think and I'm always confused about whether that means they're coming from the northeast or they're going to the northeast. Right. I'm, I'm never really sure. From. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So, and like barometric pressure, I still have no idea what that means or why the hell I should care. When it drops, it's not good. <laughs> okay. But like, what That's does that it. mean? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. When it drops, I think it means rain or precipitation. And like dew point, <coughs> dew point drives me crazy too. Cause. That's like. War in baseball. You don't need that shit. <laughs> well, I you don't think need that. I think that tells you like how humid it's going to be. Like a higher dew point yeah, we'll is more humidity. Walk outside. It's right, but what what I want them. I've never heard anybody say is like what like dew point is that like the temperature in the air where dew forms on the grass. Like is that what it is? Like you're telling me a sixty degree dew point is uncomfortable. Like why? What happens? It's sixty degrees, so just stuff like right. just stuff like that. I just want to be like, would you just shut up about the Saskatchewan screamer and tell me what the hell dew point is? I used to love his. I, 
every spring he'd he'd be advertising that it sounded like a freight train. Oh that, yeah, <laughs> that that tornado. Was awesome. Yeah, that was an awesome show. Yeah, which... maybe they still do. I don't know. I just never watched WGN. Cubs aren't on there anymore. So, and neither is Bozo. I don't. Yeah, Rebozo, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they show it. Um, probably not because it made like houses of people think that a underpass would help them out in a tornado. <laughs> right, and, and it doesn't. No. <laughs> Did you see Clive Cussler died today? No. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. 88 years old. Wow. Yeah. No, I I read a lot of his fucking books. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, so I mean, I, I you read more than I did. You turned me on to him like mm-hmm. fifteen years ago, probably, right. and I read I don't know four or five of them probably, okay. and they're great. Like the ones that I read are just they're that escapist action adventure, mm-hmm. like can't put it down, like impossible situation stuff that I just love. Yeah, and. It, <laughs> Like, I love, well, first of all, I have no clue how accurate he was with history, but I felt like I was learning something also. Right. Well, the I read about him today, and it said, like, critics, like, gave him a hard time about his writing and that he wrote in cliches and that, like, he just, the quality of the writing, which I didn't care about the quality of the writing at yeah, all. It was, it was a freaking good story. Yeah. And, like, I, the writing, his writing never took a, never called attention to itself, which to me, whether you're writing super good or super bad, I don't want to know. I want to hear the story. Yeah. I shouldn't be, like, paying attention to your writing. But, um, but, they, but they said that he was very on point with like his historical stuff and his like the numa stuff the Na- the underwater marine agency mm-hmm. stuff like he he cuz he created this fictional organization numa national underwater marine agency mm-hmm. in his books and then like after he started writing he created a real national underwater marine agency right. that like and he hunted for shipwrecks like mm-hmm. in his off time and he wrote, they said, more than 85 novels. Although in the article, they said in his later years, he co-wrote with blah, 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 blah. Which a lot of his novels, if you look the past 15 years, it says Clive Cussler with right. whoever else. That with means the with person did it. Right. Like Clive Cussler didn't write him. The with person wrote him. Towards the end, I think he was right wall. His uh, son was. Yeah, his son did some of, of the, the Dirk writing. Pitt ones. Yeah. yeah, but he had, uh, and I guess he had other uh, series too. Mm-hmm. But they said he wrote, he wrote eighty five books, and he sold more than a hundred million copies, and he had a fortune of they said about eighty million dollars. Mm-hmm. And I thought. You sold a hundred million copies and you only have eighty million dollars. There's the problem for writers in publishing. How are you only getting eighty percent, eighty cents on a dollar, or eighty cents out of every book? Well, that's what he ended up having. Maybe. I mean, it was it was kind of unclear. Maybe because he blew through millions of dollars, but probably like, because and that's how he funded some of his shipwreck stuff and so, shipwreck hunting. 
Dirk Pitt, from my understanding, was like how he viewed himself. Right. It was his alter ego. Right. Right. And it wasn't really all he thought he was right. that awesome, but but he did have all these like rare cars. Yes. Also. So yeah, he, he that's right. Yeah, that's right. Many vices. Yeah. So we, yeah, he might have like he, probably, he might have went through a lot of cash. Yeah, yeah. and doing doing what he wanted to. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, a few things stood out. His first published book he published when he was 44. Mm-hmm. So he got started like really late right. after a ton of rejections and he got, he couldn't even find an agent mm-hmm. and he got an agent by creating letterhead for a fictitious literary agent and writing a letter to another agent as this fictitious literary agent and saying, Hey, we met many years ago. I'm sorry. I haven't kept in touch, but I'm about to retire. These are my writers here here here's some of the work of my writers can you will you be willing to take any of them on because i'm retiring and sent his own clive cussler manuscript to this agent as this fictitious agent Mm -hmm. and then another agent read it and said sure i'll do it how do i get in touch with clive cussler and the entire time it was clive cussler pretending to be an agent wow so pretty good pretty good uh imagination to do that but and the other thing that I loved about Clive Cussler books was that he would put himself in them sometimes. Yes, almost always. Uh, so, yeah. like, he would, you know, Dirk Pitt would be, like, in the desert. There would be nobody around. Mm-hmm. And, like, Clive Cussler would show up with something that he needed to right, get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just like that, that just like the, like, gumption to do that. Mm-hmm. Just like, I've backed myself into a situation that I right. can't figure out a way out. Okay, Clive Cussler is going to come in and give you something you need i don't it was just uh, the first time i read it i was like are you serious but then after that it's kind of endearing yeah it is and like you you're even though i read a few of his books and it happened in all of them it was always kind of a surprise when it happened right like because you're you're expecting it but then it's still like when it happens you're like oh gosh that's awesome so r.i.p clive cussler maybe i'll break out a uh I don't even remember the ones that I read. Some Atlantis something. Um, um, Atlantis found Sahara Mediterranean caper. Okay. Uh, there, I mean, there's 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 tons yeah. of good ones. Any probably any Clive Cussler book. If you're in for action adventure, it's oh, yeah, a good that's one. It. It's a good one to check out. <clears throat> All right, I read this. Uh, article today about Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. Are you familiar with both of them? I am. Okay. Not much, but Okay, yes. so they're both, they, they started on as comedians in the 50s on TV, mm-hmm. on this Sid Caesar show, your show of shows, and ended up comedy performers, directors, dire- directed a bunch of comedy movies. Right. And they, they met in 1950. And they're, they've been best friends ever since. 70 years, okay? And I'm reading this, and I'm like, this is what Brian and I are going to be like in, my, right. <laughs> in like 40 years. Or actually, it'd be, it'd be longer than that. Because Carl Reiner is 97. Holy cow. And Mel Brooks is 93. Wow. Okay, so Carl Reiner lives in the same 
house in Beverly Hills that he has lived in for like 74 years or something like that. No, 60 years, 60 years. So he's lived in the same place for 60 years. Mel Brooks, every evening, leaves his house in Santa Monica and drives nine miles to Carl Reiner's house to have dinner with him and watch Jeopardy together and then watch movies. Every single night he goes over there. Wow. Because both of their wives died years ago. Okay. So Mel Brooks was married to Anne Bancroft for 44 years, 1961 to 2005, and then she died. And then and Carl Reiner was married to his wife for 68 years, 1944 to 2012, and she died. And okay, you know I think I'm picturing Rob Reiner. Is right that his that son? Yeah, Rob Reiner okay. is, is Carl Reiner's son. Uh, yeah, okay. And um, and Carl Reiner's wife Estelle. Was have you seen When Harry Met Sally? No. Okay. Do you know the scene though, where like the orgasm, the orgasm scene, scene yeah, yeah. and then the old woman goes, "I'll have what she's yes. having." That is Carl Reiner's wife, Rob Reiner's mom. Okay. She's not an actress, or I mean, she acted yeah, a little she, bit, right. but Rob Reiner directed the movie, okay. and so she put her in that. So that's how most people know Estelle Reiner. But anyway, I just thought it was cool that like you have these two guys approaching a hundred years old. And they're still, like, getting together every night just to hang out and watch Jeopardy and eat. does Mel Brooks have a driver or does he drive himself? (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know. I think that he drives himself, but I'm not sure. He's Yeah, he's 93. I don't know. He needs to get a driver. Yeah. He he married – Anne Bancroft was his second wife. They got married in 1961 and were married for 44 years. That is pretty amazing. It is. Like well, I mean, 70 the years. That they're alive. Right. Then they've been friends this whole time. Yeah. And they're both like so such legendary right. Hollywood I mean, people. Like the competitiveness maybe. Right. The jealousies. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Nothing nothing yeah. like that. That's and, wild. And um the the other thing every time I see Anne Bancroft, so she was Mrs. Robinson in The Graduate. Okay. Okay. And like the the famous scene in The Graduate, one of the famous scenes in The Graduate is where she's trying to seduce Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's like the older woman seducing right. this younger guy. He's like thirty years old. Right. <laughs> exactly. He's he's playing older. Mm. Or he's playing younger than he really is. Mm. She's playing older than he she really is. He, but in the movie, she's supposed to be so much older. She's seven years older than Dustin Hoffman in real life. Oh, really? That's it. Yeah, that isn't, that no. isn't much. No. I don't... Um, I'm looking her up because I can't remember her. Yeah. The movie was in, I think, 19... 68, I want to say. And Dustin Hoffman, I looked up today, is 82. So in 1968, he would have been, that's 30, 42 years ago. He would have been 52 years ago. Hmm. Yeah, 52 years ago. So he would have been 30, and she was 37 at the time. Yeah, he's 30, and he's playing somebody just out of college, like 22. 
Interesting. Yeah. So, and I mean, I guess if you, if you kind of look at him in the movie, he look he doesn't look like he's right out of college. But then I, I always, I never know if that's just like the old stuffiness of like the '60s, you know, or like of people just looked older than they were. Yeah, I, people back then just looked older. Yeah. And like everybody's, you know, always dressing formally. And right. Like, like uh, I've I've seen pictures of older people. You know, they're like eighty six years old, and when they were seventeen, they they were eighty six. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, like hair, fashion. And yeah. Well, I I follow this um, this. On Facebook, this um, page, it's the White House Historical Association page, and they always post all these pictures of the White House and old presidents and stuff. And the other day, they posted a picture of these quadruplets who met President Kennedy in like 1962 or something like that. And I saw the picture of of them, and I was like, oh, they look like they're probably in their 30s or something. And then I read the thing and it said they're 16 years old i was like 16 you guys look like you have kids of your own like a husband and kids of your own but it was just because the way they were dressed and the way their hair was and it was just like 16 what the heck but anyway for the record i think ann bancroft was hotter older than when she was she was younger yeah yeah she um I don't even know what else she was in. I mean, I'm sure she was in plenty plenty of other stuff, but The Graduate is kind of a big one to not overcome, but kind of outdo or whatever. I felt like such a jerk today at work because I, when I got to work this morning, there was snow on the ground and the parking lot hadn't been plowed and I was one of the first cars there. And... I don't know where everybody, where everyone else was because I'm usually one of the last, but I was one of the first cars there this morning. So I just kind of have to guess where the lines are for the parking spaces. Mm-hmm. So I, I back in and, you know, where I think the lines are. And then at the end of the day, I come out and all the snow had melted and I'm parked like right on on a like a line right in the middle of two spaces. Like the the line of separating two spaces mm-hmm. is right in the middle of my car. And I thought, anybody who doesn't know when I got here, I look like just some pretentious asshole who doesn't want people to park next to me. <laughs> people probably They had to have known. Yeah. But like everybody else was parked within lines. So I don't know. Maybe they came and plowed like right after I parked or something. Maybe. I don't know. But do you ever, when you pull in to I don't know whatever shopping area and there's an angled parker, and they're usually driving some shitty fucking car yeah. that's <clears throat> not luxury as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like I always get tempted to park close. Yeah. Yeah. A park where they can't get in, get into their car. Yeah, I I I'm always tempted to do it, but then I always think they're gonna my car is gonna be there then, and they're gonna come out to the. It's like either I'm gonna leave before they come out, and it's gonna serve no purpose, mm-hmm. or they're gonna come out and they're gonna see my car and they're gonna do something to my car. So 
it's kind of a lose-lose other than the satisfaction of knowing that I pissed them off. Right. You know, I don't know. But, yeah, I do think that. I think it's a <clears throat> good way to instigate. <laughs> I, I always, like, if you want to take up more than one space, you need to be parking far away. Mm-hmm. I see that all the time, like people that will park, like, in the last last row of cars or whatever to take up two spaces okay fine nobody's coming out there anyway right you don't really need to take two spaces because nobody's parking out there by you but if you want to take two spaces go ahead but if you're like within the area of everybody else one space and this this actually goes along with one of the things that's been on my list for a while is that it drives me crazy when people buy cars that are bigger than they can drive or bigger than they can park. Oh, yeah. That's almost everybody. I see this in Meyer all the time. People with, like, big pickup trucks that cannot pull into a space mm-hmm. or can't park it correctly in a space. Like, if you can't drive a car that big, don't buy a car that big. You can take a thing don't for like a test buses. drive first. Right. You like, so, and especially don't drive it by Brian because he will fuck that up for you (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah or at least think about it well i mean back in the the old days my mo was probably hit your car in a parking lot and leave (laughs) that's right many a times i did that (laughs) that's right the old hit and run yeah the old hit and run I think I did that six or seven times. I think the statute of limitations has run out on that. So I, I think, think you're pro- I think you're probably yeah. fine. And we're not giving any locations. No. So. Although I mean if you're in northwest Indiana in the late nineties and your car was hit and run. Right. There's a chance that this guy did it. Right. They like probably from ninety six oh two, oh one. Especially in Porter County. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Nothing in Lake County. Yeah. I don't think. We never had a reason to come to Lake County, no. except for the mall. Do you, do you remember one of the, I don't know when this was, like uh, my family came out this way very seldom. Mm-hmm. We would head to House of Kobe, like, I don't know, once every several years. Yeah. If that. But, but I uh, remember we were looking for cars. Maybe one of my first cars. I don't know. Back in maybe ninety six, ninety seven. And we came out here in a snowstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. To Circle Oldsmobile. Was it Circle? Yeah, Oldsmobile? which isn't there anymore. Okay, That's was... where the Menards is. Here. Yeah, the right new Menards. Oh, yeah, okay. where they built the new Menards okay. that used to be the car dealership yeah. there. Yeah. Then we saw a person like fishtailing. Yeah, and like hit the side 30, rail. And yeah. we thought, why are we driving out here? In right. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to buy a fucking car tonight anyway. No, no. <laughs> and we, we went out to see like an SUV or something, didn't we? Like a, uh, a Chevy Blazer or something? I think or? so. Because I headed out here to look at a Blazer and a Ranger. Okay. And the Ranger was at like, it might have been Highland. I don't know, Highland or Hammond. Okay. I don't know. This is a long, long time Yeah. Ago. Well, I have Ford Ranger on my list of things to talk about, too. The Ford Ranger has made a comeback. Did you see that? Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I <laughs> thought had, I had heard about it, but yeah. then I saw one in the parking lot the other day, 
And of course, they're much bigger than they were. Right. Like they're not the small trucks that they were. Right. I saw one, um, and and I can't even remember what it looks like. Is it a four door? Um, the one that I saw, I think, was four door. Okay. I don't know if they're all four door, but like that's that was such an iconic truck. Mm-hmm. Like the Ford Ranger was around forever, and I was right. surprised that they did away with it. And it's not surprising they bring back the name, but like I said, it's not a small truck anymore. Right. But like, and it, just like so many people, so many. I that was my first car that I like new car that well, I really yeah. loved, you um, know, and it was a stick, which yep. was just awesome. Right. And you're, you had two Rangers that mm-hmm. were sticks. Were they both yeah. sticks? Yeah. Uh, both of them were, uh, remember that black one was like manual everything. There was, yeah. It had no power steering. No power even. steering, no power windows. It had an AM radio only. That's right. Yeah. My dad bought that from me, right? Did, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, he, uh, he, bought it off me when i bought that red one yeah the red one the yeah yeah because you you came and showed me that at work i I think the black one you came i was working at save more i did yeah Yeah. Uh, and yeah i I remember thinking that truck's pretty awesome yeah yeah ford ring and my friend her first car was a ford or i don't know it was first but she drove a ford ranger too and learned to drive a stick and she just got rid of it like last year holy cow and my friend Lauren had one, I think, before he has an F-150 now, and I think he had a Ranger before, and he, I think it only, it was only firing, like, on three cylinders or whatever, yeah. but it was approaching, if I'm not mistaken, 300,000 miles, oh and he, like, drove it and until he hit 300. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, my, my Ranger, I, it was a 99, and I got rid of it, I think, in 2013. But the last couple years that I – I didn't drive it much the last couple years. But near the end when I was driving it, mm-hmm. it had lost compression in the engine. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would be parked, and it would just, like, move a couple of feet. Cause like it, 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 and then, like, the emergency brake stopped working. The jalapeno. Was, the jalapeno. Yeah. It was a mess. That thing was awesome. It was awesome, but it was, it was only it was only new for a month, and then a month to the day after I got it, I got rear-ended. Yep, man, I was with you. That's right. That was in Valpo. The guy did not leave. He could he could not leave. He hit me in like a little Ford Fiesta or something, and pretty much total his his car. car. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was bad news for him, man. I read this other thing today about crispy versus crunchy foods. The the article was about like the science of crispy foods and the fact that um, a lot of food companies have, they put a lot of money and research into making foods crispy. And they talked about do you think of a difference between something that's crispy and something that's crunchy? No. I don't um, either. I didn't either until I read this. And now that you mention it, I'm trying to think of, of, uh, of uh, examples. Right. 
Well, what they said is a food that's crispy will break easier and you'll use your and will make a higher pitched sound and you'll use your front teeth to eat it. And when you bite it, it will break into pieces, okay. more pieces. Whereas something that's crunchy makes a lower pitched sound and you're more likely to use your back teeth to eat it or it's going to take more more force. force with your front teeth and it's not going to break into pieces. So like a chip would be crispy, mm-hmm. whereas biting into an apple would be crunchy. So in like um, a pretzel rod would be crunchy, but like a pretzel twist might be crispy depending on the kind that it is. Right. So, and they said that women, and this is scientifically proven, I think this is legit science, not like this other like expensive car drivers or jerks. Yeah. That women notice crisp and crunch more when they're eating food. And men don't pay attention as much to that. Men pay attention more to flavor and color. But I love crispy stuff. And, like, to me, every – and I know you're a big salty snack person. Oh, I love the salt. But part of that is also, I, I suspect, the crispiness of it. Maybe. I haven't thought about that ever, but but I do you like crispy and crunchy foods. Right. And the, so they, they, they presented three different theories of why people even like crispy foods crispy okay. and crunchy foods one theory that somebody said is is it's an it's actual aggression like people like to let out aggression by biting something and hearing the crispy the crisper crunch and like it's it's actual actually a form of releasing aggression by biting into this thing what if you like biting people that's pre- i hope they're not crispy i don't know no mm-hmm. yeah that's another way to let out aggression i guess right. but um, Can I bite you? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no you cannot. Um, and then the second thing they said was that it was like some like caveman thing and like it, it was an indica- indicator of freshness. Like um, if you're eating like a lettuce or an apple or something that you're gathering and it's that crispness tells you that it's fresh. And then, like, when we started cooking, you could burn, you could cook things and make it better by making it crisp. Then the poisoning three hours later would tell you not to eat it again. (laughs) Right, right. But the the theory that they said that they thought held the most water was that the real reason you like it is because it is, it engages a lot of your senses it's the the flavor as you're biting it but then also the sound the feeling of because when you bite into something that's that feeling travels like up your jaw to your ears so it's like engaging your whole face to bite something that's crispy or crunchy and they're really looking into this they they i mean this article spent a lot of time and they they talked about how Um, So to make something crispy, like a regular chip is fried at high heat for a short amount of time. But to make like a kettle chip, 
that will be crispier, they fry at low heat for a longer amount of time. Mm -hmm. And they said that women like kettle chips more than regular chips. <laughs> so if you're a woman, let us know, do you like kettle chips more than regular chips? And even better, do you like folded over kettle chips? They said that women, it's, they've done research <laughs> and found that women actually will seek out folded over kettle chips because of the additional crunch. Are there women out there that will buy a bag of crunchers chips, <laughs> open them up, and throw out the like right, even right. ones, but only keep the folded ones. Right, but they said like the you know there's this big this big like uh, what's the word I'm looking for like the Popeyes crispy chicken sandwich or something okay. was like such a big deal a few months ago, and they said that Popeyes spent a ton of money like figuring out the exact crisp for this sandwich and like it's it's a combination of soft flour and hard flour and like all of these different things when they could have just like cooked it fresh and not let it just sit there for three hours and <laughs> right. then serve it right trying to solve everything but the obvious right right Fucking what a waste of time so one of the things that they pointed out was and sorry for the sounds here but this is what we're going for they emphasize these Ruffles Double Crunch Chips. So on the way over here tonight, I stopped at the store and bought a bag of Ruffles Double Crunch Chips, Zesty Cheddar. And on the front of the bag, it says two times the crunch. See back panel for details. But um, kettle cooked to crispy, crunchy perfection. So that means cooked at a low temperature for additional minutes. <laughs> That's quite crunchy. It is. It seems like they might be a little thicker, too. And my instincts, my Cro-Magnon instincts are <laughs> telling me this is a fresh bag of chips. <laughs> we did just open it, and the expiration date is January 1st. No, March, March 24th. And they are good. I mean, I don't feel as angry now after uh, <laughs> having that chip. You're not gonna eat. You're not gonna bite me. No. <laughs> good. Keep eating. Have them. you had one of those Popeyes chickens? No. Sandwiches. So there's Popeyes and Chick Fil A in this mm -hmm. big fucking competition. Yeah. I've never had either one. Me neither. I don't like it's chicken. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's chicken with breading. <clears throat> now, maybe I should try it. Yeah. I suspect I that just, it's probably pretty good, mm -hmm. but I think part is of it. Is uh, it worth stabbing a person over? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think part of it also is like just kind of the I can understand stabbing it, a know. person over crack. <laughs> Okay. Is crack the new laying ice? Are you going to bring up crack every episode now? No. We talked about crack last time. I know, but... Somebody needs a brand of crack. <laughs> a laying ice of crack. Don't you ever say 
crack and lang eyes. <laughs> but lang eyes is like crack. <laughs> you will get there hooked. You go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like how good is it? I right. maybe I part so part of me I do not like hyped up things. Right, it, mm-hmm. they just bother me. Yeah, um, when it's like so. It's and 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 it's me because there's hyped up alcohol that I'll try, right? And that won't bother me. It's maybe because I know the effort it takes to distill mm-hmm. liquor and to brew beer, right? But to make a chicken sandwich <laughs> it took a lot of effort to develop the chicken sandwich i'll say that the, the article that i read was does in, it hold up though i mean does it hold has anyone out there had these sandwiches and if uh, so let us know call me an idiot if i'm like way off yeah i mean i maybe i'll grab some for the next recording and we'll try it we'll do a little taste test and see see i have problems with chick-fil-a yeah so well let's skip chick-fil-a and just do popeyes okay when i was a kid and i first saw popeyes Mm -hmm. it was a long time before i i found out that it was popeyes and not pope yes (laughs) i thought the name of it was pope yes okay why i don't i don't know why i mean i don't know if i never saw popeye written out before what about the cartoon that's what i mean like maybe i never saw that or i never i just never put it together or i thought like pope yes made more sense for chicken for some reason i don't know maybe i was a big fan of john paul ii and i just don't remember but pope yes Yes. it's not pope yes it's popeyes i have that with some uh words but uh all right. Well, if anybody if anybody's tried the either of those sandwiches, let us know. Maybe we'll give the uh, Popeyes. It's like extra crispy chicken something. Or Do other. they have it? That's, that's what like I was gonna say. Or is it, are they even gonna be? Is it gonna be in stock? Who knows? Um. So stay tuned for the to the next episode for that. Okay, here's here's something that you and I have talked about quite a bit, and we can do quickly just to wrap up the show here. And I, I, I saw another example of this, which I think some people don't even know is, might be a problem when you get older. Men, when men get older. Constant boners? Or? <laughs> Constant boners. No? Oh. <laughs> I, that's not the problem oh, I was okay. thinking of. Like maybe no, maybe no boners when you get older. Strike that from the record. <laughs> I never want to take for granted the ability to pee quickly. Oh yeah. Because like this old guy at work today was standing in a urinal when I got into the bathroom. I stood not next to him, but two urinals down. Finished washed my hands, was leaving, and he's still standing there. And as I'm leaving... Was he grunting? I was going to say, as I'm leaving, the guy let out the biggest... 
Oh, oh yeah. Like just the biggest, oh, just the biggest oh. sense of relief. And I was like, is it, I hope this guy's just peeing. <laughs> like what is going on here? But the supersized prostate is real, I guess, you know, Can and it, take care of that. What if you like walked up behind him and said, sir, <laughs> I can help you with this problem. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I get a massage of <laughs> What is wrong with you? Wouldn't that throw his whole day off? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably yours too. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably be unemployed after that. This was at work. Was he an employee? He was an, he, he's an old guy that I see sometimes. I think he's an employee, yeah. I don't think it matters if he's an employee or not. I think if I go off or you can just massage some guy's <laughs> prostate. Well, I, or even worse, what if he's like, okay. Well, like, that's even worse. Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm answering the question right now. I know. It's worse. Don't tell me I don't know. No. I know. People really have to get that checked out. Yeah. It, 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 it's a problem out there. Yeah. And that's why when you go to a Cubs game, it's like it's a prostate screening convention. People are people at Wrigley fall into two categories. There's a third category, which is us two. We mm-hmm. are in and out. Mm-hmm. People that hold their pee for the first eight innings, then they have to go. Than the prostate guys, yeah, just hanging out there, <laughs> right? Whoa. Yeah, then you hope they're just pain. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it has to be painful. It has to be uncomfortable. I'm, there are m- methods to to alleviate that. I'm sure it's uncomfortable, but <clears throat> it sure sounds like they're getting a lot of relief when they're finally able to go. So I'm sure, I, I hope I get. Yeah. I hope I get to experience that sort of relief. Some <laughs> you don't want that though. No, but I mean, just it. They must just just like that feeling of like, oh, finally, you know, like when you take a huge dump. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. I I guess probably the closest thing is like when I because I'm you know I'm drinking water on the way to work and like if I worked ten minutes farther away, I'd be screwed because I I'd yeah. never you know I like I. It's an hour drive, and I'm, like, racing to the bathroom often right. when I get to work. So, And that is relief. So luckily I don't have to go and get there and then have to wrestle with myself for 10 minutes to figure out. <clears throat> All right. What is this beer again that I'm drinking? Southern Comfy? No, us. Suddenly Comfy. Suddenly Comfy by Dogfish Head, which he Brian said, here, try this, and I read on it, and it said it has, like, apples and cinnamon and cloves. all cloves and yeah, all spice and all of this stuff and i'm like it's gonna taste like beer I, but he rolled his eyes at no <laughs> but i took a drink of it and it i mean i do taste a lot of those flavors it, it's a very um like autumn slash winter beer and it's it like would probably be okay warm just with those flavors like kind of a mm-hmm. little yeah a uh, little warm not ice cold yeah but it's good. Dogfish Head makes good stuff. Yes, they do. 60 minute, 75 minute, 90 minute. 
the gold standard 120 minute IPA. Uh, Sequench. Um, Sequench, I like too. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Pennsylvania tuxedo or something. It's like a. That sounds like one of those perverted things you always mention. Yeah, I know. Like, right? I think it's tr- rusty so, trombone. Don't take my word for it. It might not be called that. <laughs> the Pennsylvania tuxedo might be one of those sick sex moves, but but it's a a beer. It's a, a piney based beer, like okay. pine needles. It's yeah. awesome. There was another one of those that I drank a while ago. That was a little. The pine was a little overpowered. Mm-hmm. I think you. I think it's probably a little easy to go overboard on that I stuff. I really don't know. Now, I, now I'm not sure if it's called Pennsylvania Tuxedo. Don't listen to me. Well, if it's <laughs> yeah. not called Pennsylvania Tuxedo, we should invent something that is right. Pennsylvania Tuxedo because that, that's just great. I know, right? How does that even if, – if that's not what it's called, where did you even get the term Pennsylvania Tuxedo is what I want to know. I don't know. I don't, but I, We probably I, don't want to know. Yeah. You don't want to know. Yeah. But what I do know is how great Lang Ice is and how well it keeps your drink cold. For... I just took a drink of tea and I could have used some Lang Ice in that for sure. Oh, I, your drink is screaming for yeah, it is. Lang Ice. It's um, actually telling us, make your drink happy, make your mouth happy, Lang Ice. Yeah, that's what it says right there on the bottle. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, Go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, tell a friend, and uh, come back next time, and we'll have another one of these gloriously entertaining bang-up shows for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks.